Hi everyone, Tiffany here with a super quick note that this podcast was recorded as part of a previous bundle season. That means that the dates that you're about to hear for the bundle, well, they're no longer correct. If you're interested in seeing what the dates are for this year's sale, please visit thebellydancebundle.com. There you'll find all the up-to-date information on our upcoming bundle. While the dates may be wrong and the class mentioned here isn't available through us any longer, many of our guests still have their courses available for purchase individually, so please do feel free to click through to their offerings and take a look. You're going to want to check it out after hearing how brilliant they are. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. It's Y'all Rocks episode 22 and today we're talking stage presence. Do you think that stage presence requires an actual stage? What about a performance space at all? I have a feeling that today is going to open your eyes. Today's guest, Rania, is contributing a live talk on stage presence to this year's bundle, so we're doing a deep dive on a couple of aspects of stage presence. What it is, how often you really use it, and a couple of exercises to help you practice, whether you're on the stage or not. It can feel like a tricky thing to practice, one of those ineffable aspects of our dance, but Rania has some amazing tips that you can put into practice right after you finish listening. And if you're interested and want to check out more, make sure to buy the Belly Dance Bundle, which is on sale now. The sale runs through October 23rd, so be sure to grab a copy while you can. We are serious about that deadline. Rania's talks will be given live in February of 2020 as part of the bundle, and all buyers are invited. And while you wait for February to roll around, there are plenty of other options in the bundle to keep you occupied. 19 other options are immediately available, in fact. This week, I'm taking questions on everything related to dance over on Instagram, Facebook, or directly through email to hello at thebellydancebundle.com, so feel free to reach out with anything that's on your mind, bundle-related or not. I want you to head into your practice time as confident as you can be, so let me know what I can do to make that a reality for you. I'll be answering everything directly back to you, but also through my Instagram stories and my Facebook stories. So if you haven't joined me over on those platforms, be sure to check it out. And don't forget to head over to thebellydancebundle.com today to get your copy. dancers and welcome to Yala Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. I'm your host Tiffany and joining us today is a dancer with an extensive theater background, the creator of the Egyptian style The Ballady DVD that many of us may be familiar with, and of course the owner of Ginger City, an online dance membership site, Rania Renee. Rania, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here again. <laughs> so before we dive into all of the goodness that is going to be your contribution to the Belly Dance Bundle this year, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you got into dance? Because it really seems like everything has come together really amazingly in your life and, and really given you so many of these essential tools to communicate effectively on stage. Thank you. Um, well, yeah, I, I started out as an actress when I was very young. Um, and actually, I found out this later, but my parents put me into uh, acting classes because I guess I was not shy at home, but I was shy in public situations. And they wanted to help me build my confidence with that. And, and then they ended up with two daughters who were performers. <laughs> 
So both me and my sister are, are performers and directors and coaches actually. So uh, I learned a lot as a young actress about stage presence, but I was never totally confident in my body in some ways. Um, and, and I reached, a, I hit a bit of a wall um, when I was at, at Yale, which even the, the drama school obviously is very famous, but even the undergraduate program was very competitive. And, um, and, I, I could sometimes be in my zone and nail an audition. And then sometimes I just was in my head so much and I had no means of getting out. So as a dancer, I was able to explore stage presence in many different contexts of performance, both in it, restaurants, like I was in New York City, so there were a lot of opportunities to perform. And I, I was studying, I started studying at Serena Studios where they really did encourage people to perform and they had a lot of opportunities for amateurs and professionals. And I think maybe a lot of us started performing before we were really ready. But in terms of the being in front of an audience, that part was not necessarily a problem for me, but being out there in front of an audience in this new way where my body was the main thing I was showcasing rather than my mind or my emotions it was definitely a shift for me. And I learned how to become more fully present, like the whole, like all of me in the physical sense, in, in a way that I wasn't able to completely realize when I was an actress, actually. So that was a real education. And in New York, I had these opportunities to perform in restaurants, but then street festivals and you know, some corner in the park where uh, somebody would have an oud and, you know, we'd just be playing for tips, you know, dancing for tips or whatever. And so there were just a lot of opportunities to explore what it means to have stage presence and how to command a stage no matter where the stage is and what the stage is. And that it's not just about you know, sometimes people come to me and, and they say, oh, well, what I do for, you know, connecting to my audience is I look over their heads, so I'm not nervous to look at them. But to me, I think that's really just a Band-Aid. And I'd rather people really get used to the idea of feeling out where their audience is and how to reach into their audience and how to, how to decide themselves where the stage is where it begins, where it ends, where the audience is. So these are, these are things I've been exploring over many years. And then also, um, you know that I, I got a degree in cognitive psychology a few years ago, and I am very interested in, you know, the applications of, of that with, you know, the kind of practical techniques that I learned as an actor and that I'm still applying. So this year's bundle... <laughs> This year's bundle, you are contributing a live webinar. It's happening in February for all of our buyers and yeah. it is on raising your stage presence. So, right. You were talking about how being an actress and being a dancer and coming together has really informed this for you. Like it's given you this great overview of all the things. And I want to talk about those things, but before we do, can you define kind of what stage presence actually is because I think for some of us it's a really vague term that we don't quite know what it actually means. Yeah and I think there's you know there's more than one definition of it and I will be exploring that more in the webinar but to give you a little preview 
the way that I see stage presence is not only the, what we think of as a typical theater stage, um, with like a raised stage, or even a stage where the audience is all around you, like a theater in the round type of situation. I think a lot of people may limit the idea of stage presence to a theater stage, but the truth is we need stage presence in all areas of our life to get what we want. And, you know, what we want as a performer is to, to enjoy the experience and to connect with the audience or to make them even just to make, to impress them with our performance. Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and all the world is a stage. If you start practicing and noticing how you use your stage presence in everyday life. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be offering a challenge along those lines just for people to start recognizing that because a lot of the situations we're in as dancers, some of them involve being on a, a stage or in a theater, but a lot of them involve maintaining stage presence when we're looking somebody right in the eyes or dancing at a party, a casual party where you still need to have some kind of a distinction between yourself as the performer and the rest of the audience. How do you make those distinctions on the spot so that the audience understands where you are and that you're the one making those decisions confidently? I think it takes practice, but you can notice how you use stage presence in your everyday life. And you can apply some of those concepts to some of the less formal situations where we are. We wanna distinguish ourselves as the performer or the star or somebody worthy of people watching. I think if people are, if not, people are not ready for that, then either they need to get ready or maybe they, you know, maybe it's not the stage isn't the right place for them. But I think, you know, a lot of people do want to impact others. Even if it's, even if you're not a performer, you may be connecting with your friends over Facebook or like, you know, doing a Facebook live shout out to your friends, or you might be uh, trying to get a waiter's attention in a restaurant. In order to move forward in your life, you need that kind of presence. And so I like to look at this in terms of all the world's stage, literally, and that we are always presenting ourselves in some way. And then how do we apply it in our dancing? And also how do we how do we remove ourselves from the stage when we need downtime? Because there are people that are always on. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, sometimes it takes a conscious coming down from that spot, especially, you know, I'm sure probably a lot of the people who are donating to the bundle uh, who are performers and, you know, sometimes teaching workshops in places where people are really excited to see you perform. And there's a whole mystique around that and that we have to live up to. And then we're on, we're totally on that weekend that we're teaching somewhere. And then we have to come down from that and kind of be a normal person for our, you know, partners or family members. And, and that there's a conscious stepping off of the stage also. I feel like that probably happens even with just, um, just workshop attendees too, because yeah. a lot of times like our dance, and this isn't a bad thing, but our dance selves and our like real life quote unquote selves are different 
Yeah. They're different. <laughs> and so when you're at a workshop all weekend, you have to turn, like you turn on your like belly dance persona yeah. the whole weekend to interact mm -hmm. with that group of people that know you in this way. Right. And then when you come out of the workshops and you're back in your like quote unquote normal life, it's like totally different. So I think that and probably applies to a whole range of, of things. Cause it's like you said, yeah. you, you are doing this all the time. You just don't realize that that's necessarily what you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. And it's being aware of that. Like right now, uh, you know, I, we, I am the we, we have a video connection that people who are listening know that we're talking to each other. So we have, uh, we have our, spoken stage presence in action now, but also uh, Tiffany and I are looking at each other because we are, have a video monitor going on at the same time and, and neither of us is wearing any makeup and we've got, <laughs> we're just like hanging out, you know, uh, but we've still got some stage presence on for each other for this moment. You know, like this is yeah. not, I'm, I'm looking at a, you know, super cute Tiffany who's in her interviewer mode. Yeah, you know, babe. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I'm in my interview mode. Uh, and, but at the same, you know, you know, if we, if we turn off the, the camera and we go back to, you know, just making breakfast or something, we might not be on. Mm -hmm. It's when I first released this podcast, I had a couple of friends that listened to it and they were like, you sound so different. Uh -huh. It doesn't even sound like you because it's my my podcast voice. <laughs> <laughs> She's doing the air quotes, guys. She's got the air quotes going. So I, it's yeah. it really is true that in different situations we portray ourselves differently, and I think that is a key a key thing to realize when you're thinking about stage presence, because then you can apply it more strongly when it's needed in your dance. Exactly. I think being aware of how we switch gears that's the first step in a way, you know, because we all do it. We all have different sides of ourselves that we present. None of us are only one personality all the time. That would be so boring. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, some people say like, like, Oh wow. You, when you were on stage, it was like, that wasn't even you. It was like, you were, you know, it was like your belly dancer self. And you know, we all have different sides of ourselves. People shouldn't be that surprised. Do but they may be, there may be more extreme differences between. So know. do you think then that when, that it's helpful to develop almost the, the stage personality of our dance as opposed to just what we, what our regular dance self might be, like in just in class and in workshops and in practice, but then there's like the stage version of our dance yeah it may be that and, and i think it's it's something it's something everybody needs to even wrestle with like i don't think it's as easy i know like i i would work on my stage presence even in class and that probably annoyed some of the other people in class. <laughs> <laughs> but because there's a mirror there and the the best relationship with a mirror is to feel like oh the people in the mirror your audience but sometimes that's that can be like a little too much you know you don't want to necessarily attract a lot of attention to yourself say if there's a different teacher teaching and you're just attending the workshop uh, so you know I think there there's there's a balance of that but you should know that you have the power to uh, 
to work on those things, even in a class setting, you know, by using the mirror and by using the other people around you, you know, not to say that you always want to be working on it, but, you know, when I'm learning a choreography in class or a combinations in class, um, or even if I'm teaching, I have some stage presence that I'm using even in that situation that's, you know, if I'm just like hanging out by myself at home, I don't have that persona. So I think that there's different degrees, you know, mm, if you go too to far, it. if you go too far in your class persona, so it looks like you're, you know, the diva on stage that you might, some people might think that's, you know, a little too much, <laughs> mm. but, um, you know, and some people do do that. But also if you're learning a choreography and you're not incorporating any stage presence in it as you're practicing, if you're only looking for the moves, you're actually really missing an important aspect of what you will need for the performance or so, what you will need for improvising with those so, moves. So let's move with this because this dovetails into one of the questions I wanted to ask you is so many people struggle with stage presence. And for me, I know one of those struggles in the past has been, oh my God, I have to remember the steps to the thing. But mm -hmm. can you, <laughs> can you speak to some of the most common things that kind of trip people up when they're, <laughs> when they're trying to have a stage presence and they, they can't quite yeah. get to it. And, and what do you think like the most common ways to kind of get around that are? I mean, it's funny because uh, <laughs> like focusing on the steps is the wrong thing for your stage presence. It, I know. <laughs> I've been there. I've done that. <laughs> um, right. And that, that's, why, that's why I incorporate like my breath work for performance, even when I'm doing things in class, uh, because it, because I want to be, I want to be using those moves in the in the personality that I'll be needing for when I perform them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like if we have a different personality for practice and for the stage, then of course you're going to be nervous when you actually get out on stage, because you won't have practiced in that personality that you need to attract the, the audience and to show them who's in charge of this performance. Um. It's like, I'm going to give, I'm going to give a little example here because I, I switched something in my membership uh, recently where I was, I used to be giving mostly live classes, but I was recording an archive of the class. And then I would, and then I would um, make that archive video available for anybody who couldn't attend live. And, you know, I have like a complicated text set up and, you know, there's a few things I have to make sure happen correctly in the live, making sure the live meeting everybody can hear and see, and also making sure the archive comes out well. And I was sometimes, I think like even beating myself up on camera, like, oh guys, I just got to check this. Oh my God, I got to check this thing. I got to make sure this works. Da, da, da. And so they saw a different side of me than what they were used to seeing as a polished teacher like presenting confidently dealing with the tech because I was just in those moments I think I was just a real person dealing with real tech you know mm -hmm. and and I think it hurt my stage presence in a way as a presenter and mm -hmm. so now I'm not now I'm not doing that as much <laughs> I still but sometimes see, I still have to check but I don't I don't I'm doing more like recording in advance for the for the courses and and doing 
more of a Q&A setup for the live, so it's a little less formal. Um, and I'm not trying to, you know, balance that. But it, it was like me feeling bad about having to deal with the tech stuff while I was also trying to be a polished presenter. It was like, a, I think it was sometimes a mixed message. Yeah, and it depends on what you're trying to portray, right? If you're trying to be the relatable, goofy, you know, teacher, <laughs> then then maybe those things fit in just fine. But they if can trying, fit in. They can fit yeah. in ultimately, but you don't. Yeah, it depends on what you're in. trying to go with. But I guess I was using that. I was using that as an example of where I don't think it was the issue that I was, you know, try, trying to deal with that always at the same time. But I I, I was trying to make a parallel to worrying about the steps when you're in front yes. of an audience yeah. who doesn't care if you're doing the right steps or not not they at just all. want you to look happy about it they want <laughs> you to look like what you know whatever is happening that it's not affecting you negatively yes they you know, want to so, they don't so want to see you thinking about it they don't want to see you thinking about it and they don't want to see you worried about it you know because it's your job to be the leader you know, it's your job to be the hostess in a way. And, you know, you can have something go wrong as long as it doesn't, you know, like affect you very, as long as it doesn't like make you feel bad where you would need to be consoled by the audience because that's not it's really, it's not exactly their job, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know, I guess I, I was, I was thinking about that. And I think that's something people can think about too is, when do you have this persona that's confident? When do you have this other persona that's not as confident? When do you go between them? And, and a perfect example of where you would go between them is where you're confident with the first couple combinations in the choreography and then you kind of forget it. Or you're confident with a certain part of the music and then you kind of forget it. And I did like a, doing a, some belody challenge right now in my membership with the people uh, that are in the membership and working on Bellity. And something that I discovered is people may be very confident with one part of the Bellity and not so confident with a different speed part, you know? And and that that's always really interesting to see, like, when there's a big discrepancy, you know, between somebody's comfort level in one part and another part. And we want, ideally, we want to be able to show that confidence even if inside we might not feel completely confident. So do you think then you've mentioned confidence a lot over the course of our talk and do you, do you think confidence is like almost a bedrock of stage presence? Actually, um, I think that stage presence can outweigh confidence. Interesting. Can you talk about that? <laughs> Well, I don't want to give too much away. I know, right? It's so hard to have <laughs> No, 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 no. But, <laughs> but seriously, you can have stage presence without confidence or without complete confidence. Mm -hmm. It's separate. It's a technique. But let me say that it's a lot easier to have stage presence when you feel confident. But I think that people often make the mistake of confusing the two in that like that you have to be fully confident in order to have stage presence i can't wait for this talk in february <laughs> I, can't, I cannot wait i cannot wait okay so you're going to deep dive into confidence 
yeah in in that talk but well yeah no i mean i'll, I'll I, th I think it's a i think it's a myth that you need to have that you need to have confidence in order to have stage presence but you you have to get over some mental hurdles mm -hmm. in order to do it and what and, mental hurdles do you think that those are? What do you think holds people back? Well, self-doubt, self, you know, questioning themselves. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people um, that I have coached who have some level of imposter syndrome or who feel like, what if I'm not good enough? Or what if they won't like me for X, Y, Z reason? Mm -hmm. And it's almost never like, you know, you, I mean, I've never had somebody that said that, that wasn't presenting themselves. Like, you know, they worry about their technique, but their technique is actually great. Mm -hmm. Or they, they worry, you know, oh, maybe people won't accept me because of my body type or my skin color or my, uh, you know, height or my size or whatever. And, and usually like that's, it's not an issue. There's people who are plenty confident and presenting themselves confident who are similar to them. It's just they're letting their doubts get in the way of being totally present. And it's not to take away those doubts. You know, you can still, you can still say to yourself, you know, like I, I had to say this throughout most of my career, I've never been the skinniest dancer. And there, I would have some audiences who are, perfectly fine with me the way I was. And I would have other people that were hiring me or that would think I was too chunky or whatever. And I had to, I had to sell it anyway, because this is what I'm showing up with. And, um, and yeah, deep inside, I might've still felt like, Oh, I might not be exactly what they're looking for or, and I still had to sell it anyway. I had to, you know, to put it out there. Mm -hmm. with confidence anyway and that takes a lot of strength to do that and for some people it takes a real lot of strength but it is possible even if you have those doubts you don't have to attach yourself too strongly to them in order to work your stage presence because i believe that it is technical i don't believe it's just something you have or you don't have it's something you can develop and it's, it's something that you can, it's a skill that you can develop even in the face of self-doubt, but you have to trust the techniques enough to, to do it, even if you feel like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work or whatever. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that's one of the major reasons why I do my coaching series with groups, because people can see it on each other and they can report back to each other on what they've seen. And even the person using some of these techniques might might feel like did that really help but then the other people are there to give them feedback well because everybody we're never as critical of other people as we are of ourselves right right and, and, right and and i'm going to phrase that a different way we may be over focusing on one detail that just doesn't matter as much in the big picture and there are yes. things that you know your own self-doubt inside your own head is inside your head, but mm -hmm. you have all of the rest of you to convey confidence, even if you don't feel it deep inside where nobody can see it. <laughs> don't give into the neuron that's making you feel this way. <laughs> don't give into the neuron. <laughs> 
Yeah, a few a few people asked, you know, I put out this question in the Ginger City community group and I guess if people are in the Facebook group they can they can look for this thread um where I asked about stage presence and uh you know, one one person had commented that she she uh she has been told that she has it but doesn't really know why St- stage presence. Mm-hmm. And and then like what another uh person asked about define defining it and you know, we get into this complicated definition of it. I mean, I think like that charisma, powerful charisma is part of it, but there's, I think there's a science to that too. And I will be looking at some, you know, some studies that have been done on this um, and also just my own experience over the years in working with people who didn't maybe have weren't considered perhaps to have stage presence maybe by others or even by them and were by themselves and were able to get it were able to develop it through some of these techniques so i know it's possible to to do it but you know you have to be willing to put yourself out there and to understand that what's going on in your mind is just one part of you mm-hmm. and that there's not really um you could even have competing thoughts happening in different parts of your brain, competing activations and to hold fast to any one thing, like to your inner critic, for example, you know, it's just one voice and we, and among, among many things happening in your brain and, and it is possible to override it. So can you, give our listeners one tip or trick or way to practice this when they're not necessarily in a stage situation. So you mentioned like pretending like the rest of the class in the mirror is your audience, but when you're at home practicing by yourself, how do you, how do you practice this? How do you start to overcome the one voice and and move into self-confidence and stage presence and all of the things that that entails? working with um working with one technique i mean i'll give i'll give some people maybe listening to this after we do our challenge on this um, it'll be in the show notes page okay. for them so you they can, can still they can still check it out you can do the challenge you can do the challenge uh, i think you can start to practice when you're just going to stores <laughs> or going to a restaurant all right uh, like you have to ask a question or you have to ask for directions and um, one thing, like actually, um, one thing you can work with is your height. Okay. Now, I, I am actually not very tall. And when people had my, uh, when people ha- who had my Bellity DVD would invite me to go teach a workshop someplace, uh, many times, the, like the first thing they would say is, oh, I expected you to be much taller. <laughs> um, and that is actually something that I've really gained through belly dancing because working with that lift of the upper back that's so important in Egyptian style belly dance, it, it lengthens your spine a little and it also makes you feel taller. And I was like growing up, I was always the shortest one in my classes and I was like the little one. And I really, I think... I, I internalized that. My whole family is short too. Like I'm not really, I'm not even the really, uh, maybe I'm the shortest one in my family, but like none of them are tall basically. Um, but working with, working with the belly dance technique, I learned how to feel taller even when 
uh, even in situations where everybody was taller than me, which I didn't feel like when I was younger, even when I was acting a lot. And I think that was a really big thing. And maybe people will be familiar with the research that, um, that in fact, taller people are at an advantage uh, in terms of like getting raises. Speaking of raises. Really? Yes. Um, people, people who are taller actually do get more opportunities. So if you're short like me and you still want to get some of those opportunities, um, work with feeling taller within your own body and making yourself taller. Um, and and this will and, and see what the effect is on the uh, the reactions you get from other people. Just see if you can detect any difference. Even people you know, see if you can detect any difference in their behavior when you're putting on your tall self. And if you are tall, um, or you know, medium height or even very tall, what if you own that? You take and, up and, that space. And take up that, that rightful space, which is yours. You know, I always say, there's nobody renting the apartment upstairs from your head. <laughs> <laughs> like all that space going all the way up to the sky is yours. You have the sky rights, <laughs> as we say in New York City. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like if you own that space, see what a difference that makes in how you feel walking around town and see how it makes you feel when you're, you know, in a public situation, like at a store or getting helped in a, you know, at the grocery store checkout, see if you feel different. Because part of, part of stage presence is your own feeling. And then part of it is how it's going to affect other people. I think a lot of times people think they either have it or they don't, but it's, it's something that uh, you can work on within yourself and you can also work on what effect it's having on other people. Your dance doesn't stop at the boundary of your own body and your performance doesn't stop at the boundary of your own body. Your stage presence is in other people's space too, if you're, if you're doing it right. <laughs> so you've really gotta be confident in taking up that space. Like you yeah, were saying, but like, you can practice. you can practice in small ways and start yes. to see what your power is. And, you know, we'll be, we'll be going over more of that, but, you know, it's a, maybe it's a different way of thinking about it than how they've thought about it before. And it might open up some, uh, some new, new approaches for you. That's so awesome. I, I love it. I love it when we can practice our dance and the things that make our dance more when we're not dancing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the things you can do in the grocery store, the things you can do just all the time, just kind of in little moments, because it allows you to to fit a little bit of practice in. Right, and you may not want that all the anywhere. time, you know, like well, I don't, I, you know, I can, there may be situations where you don't want to stand out. <laughs> Pretend but, that you're shorter. You know, well, <laughs> you could try that. I mean, yeah, you, or you, you could pull your energy in. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, Oh, we could go on and on about this, but there's a, you know, like when I, when I travel in Egypt, I don't, I don't work my presence in the same way. Uh, you know, I, I keep my energy much closer into my body than if I'm in New York or, or in a, you know, at a belly dance 
convention or something. Like if I'm in the streets in Egypt, I pull it, I'll, I'll pull it way back in. So, I mean, this is important actually for people who have stage presence too, to know when not to use it mm-hmm. and to, to be able to pull their energy back in. Cause some I've, I've, you know, I've traveled with people also who had had that challenge. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. so, but yeah, definitely, you know, our, our, our ability to make an impact is not limited to the actual performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if I can start people thinking about that now, then they'll, they'll get even more out of the, the talk that I'll be giving, which will have exercises with it and things people can. Yes. So you know, can everyone work on. If you have loved this conversation and I'm sure that you have, because it's amazing. <laughs> um, Rania will be giving a live webinar called Raising Your Stage Presence. It's part of the 2019 Ballet Dance Bundle, which is on sale from October 16th to the 23rd of this year. So I'm very excited to uh, personally attend that because I'm all about this. So I hope that you join us as well. Rania, other than the bundle this year, where can people connect with you? How can they find more of your work? They can go to gingercity.com. Ginger City. Dot com <laughs> and and join the email list there mm-hmm. and also uh, the ginger city community on facebook and we have talks in there sometimes i have interesting guest artists sometimes i have talks on there a lot of talks are up there for watching totally free um and just answer the questions to join the group because we do restrict it to dancers or former dancers or movers so we don't have random right? <laughs> random guys in there who just want to meet ginger haired people <laughs> because i've had to turn a lot of people down who wanted that so but uh <laughs> and there will be but, links to all of that in the show notes so if you can't find yes. it on the internet just head to the show notes for this episode and you will find the links there yeah and i'm, I'm really glad to offer this because this is something that this is something you can use for your belly dance life but it's something that you need in the real world as well. Awesome. Rania, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing so much amazing information. I think it's really going to, it's really going to start the wheels turning in everybody's head about, about what stage presence really is and how they can practice it. Well, thank you, Tiffany, for having me and thank you for organizing this. Bye everybody. Bye. So did you rethink your stance on stage presence? Before this interview, I never would have considered using my trips to Target as a place to practice my dance. But, you know, now I can. It's funny to me how we get these ideas about what practice is and is not. We think that practice has to be butt on the floor to count. But there are so many other things that we do for our dance that are outside of that bubble. Or that could be if we gave them a little bit of a creative think. So today, as you go about your day, become taller, take up space. Don't let the negative voice in your head beat you down. Rethink your notions about what a practice is and see if doing that makes it a little bit easier to get started or perhaps makes it a bit more fun. Fun will always get you there a lot faster than guilt, that's for sure. And if you want to learn even more from Rania on the topic of stage presence, be sure to check out thebellydancebundle.com to grab your copy of the 2019 Belly Dance Bundle so you can be assured a seat at her stage presence workshop. I know I can't wait to learn more, and I hope you'll be there with me. 
want to hang out with Rania on the internet, check out the show notes at thebellydancebundle.com slash 22 for links to everything. This is our second to last interview for the bundle. Can you believe it? Tomorrow, we'll have Sadie on to talk about goals, and then I'll spend a couple of days coaching you through some aspects of all of the information that you've learned over the past 21 days so that we can turn it into a practice that lights you up. And after the sale is over, don't worry, we're not going away though we are going to slow way down. (laughs) We'll be back after the sale is done with new episodes, so if you have any dancers that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please send their names over to me in whatever way is easiest for you. You can DM me on Instagram at The Belly Dance Bundle. You can send me a Facebook message to the page, The Belly Dance Bundle. Or you can email me at hello at thebellydancebundle.com. That's also the best way to send me any and all questions that are stopping you from practicing. I'm here to help, so feel free to contact me anytime. Then be sure to subscribe so that you can continue to take these amazing lessons into your home dance practice. You can find us anywhere that podcasts are found. Now, head out into the world, you gorgeous belly dancer you, and take up some space. <laughs>